Book Dreams, a member of the Podglomerate Network and LitHub Radio. Hello and welcome to Book Dreams, the podcast for everyone who loves books and misses English class. Now, if you don't recognize the sound of my voice, don't worry, you are in the right place. I'm John Francolantini, the producer behind this podcast, and I'm subbing for Julie Sternberg today. And I'm Eve Yohalem. I'm a children's book author and one of the co-hosts of Book Dreams. But Gianfranco, Book Dreams is not all you do. No, I never sleep. I'm also a queer journalist and a playwright. The the gears are always turning on this end. Yes, I get exhausted just thinking about being me. (laughs) (laughs) So usually Eve, I'm on the other side of things, right? Pushing buttons, making sure our episodes go live every week. But this week we're doing something different. You, Gianfranco, are making your Book Dreams hosting debut. Yay! Yay! (laughs) I am so excited to be joining you. Thank you. And I'm honestly incredibly excited to share this episode with everyone. And as far as debuts go, I don't think I could have asked for a better first conversation. Well, our guest, Uli Boiter-Cohen, is amazing and so much fun. So as you already know, Gianfranco, in each episode of this podcast, we use books as a way to explore questions that fascinate us. So what was the question you wanted to explore with Uli? Well, Uli is a documentarian who's spent almost a decade using the New York City subway system as a way to explore books and the people who read them. So I needed to know what possibly could the depths of our train system say about literature in the 21st century? Yes, because everyone, there are still readers on the subway, even if many of them are reading on their phones. (laughs) Believe it or not. (laughs) So a little bit about Uli to kick off the conversation. She grew up in a small town in Germany, and as a kid, she'd ride trains to larger nearby cities, right, as a way to expand her world. And in 2001, Uli moved to New York City, and she started asking strangers on the subway what they were reading. This then led to Subway Book Review, which is actually the viral Instagram account that she launched in 2014, which documents each of these encounters with a black and white photo of the reader and the book that they're reading. So today, contributors to Subway Book Review are reporting from 20 cities around the world, and many of the profiles are really just incredible. Now, Uli has actually compiled some of her favorite Subway encounters into her first book, Between the Lines, Stories from the Underground. It's an incredible story, and Subway Book Review has been featured on TV, in print, and online by New York Magazine, Esquire, Forbes Women, Glamour, Bustle, Vogue, The Guardian, Refinery29, The Atlantic, I Need a Breath, The BBC, and more. <laughs> Uli's interview work and writing about human connection and belonging has been published by The Washington Post, Here Magazine, The Creative Independent, and Half Post. What I love about Uli is that she's proving that the subway is more than just delayed trains and pizza rats. So I started by asking her about how her love of books and human connection impacted her sense of belonging in a new country. Here's what she said. I think that I've never met a reader I don't like. And when I say that, I mean that readers have so much great empathy for others and have so much interest and curiosity in other lives. And I think that that is something that connects us as readers endlessly and deeply. Germany is a privileged country and immigrating from a privileged country is a completely different experience than if you come from a country that's not on a preferred list. I say that quote unquote and kind of cheekily because of course that shouldn't exist to begin with, but that's a fact. 
regardless of that, there has never been a time when I crossed the border where I was welcomed home until very, very recently in my, I've now lived in the United States for 20 years. And the first time the immigration officer said to me, welcome home was in my 18th year. Before that, I would often find myself, you know, in one of those rooms where they question you, where they go through your entire luggage, where, um, where you're just, you know, you're reminded that you're not an inherent part of the nation. And That is, of course, on purpose, and that happens to remind immigrants that uh, what our status is. Of course. That makes me wonder, and let me know if I'm overreaching with this idea, that your experiences with feeling, I would say, ostracized here, do you think that in turn became some form of empathy, which made you that much more apt to approach strangers on the subway and ask them what they're reading and ask them what they're thinking and doing? Yeah, like you said, I wanted to belong. And when I came to New York, I thought that I could belong by creating a platform that I could invite people in, make it their home for even a short moment. And to just say to other people, I see you. I see that you exist. You have the right to exist more than that. Your existence is beautiful. I think that to me is the highest compliment that we can give to each other. And being a home for someone else is something, I'm a triple water sign. She nurtures. She's everybody's favorite fake mother. She is a landing pad for many a friends in need. And I say that very proudly, but I also recognize that that's inherently part of how I was raised because my mom uh, comes from an immigrant family in Germany and she was born in a refugee camp during World War II. That side of the family is Transylvanian. And so this idea of belonging and this idea of making a home and this idea of how do you connect with a community that is not inherently one that you're born into runs through my ancestors' lineage for decades and probably centuries. Because also, let's face it, every human is um, migratory by nature. We're transient people and all of us are immigrants So take me back to the early days of Subway Book Review. I think you started on the B train, is that correct? You're absolutely right. The B train is where Subway Book Review was born. The whole idea and the whole creative assignment that I had given to myself, I'm a filmmaker by trade, and I owned a creative agency for six years. And upon coming to New York, I really wanted to find a space where my creative muse could come to me and I was not, quote unquote, stifled by clients' needs. And so I thought, let's find a space that is very iconic New York and that doesn't change as quickly as you know some of the streets change above ground. And of course, the underground came to mind immediately. And the underground is also, in a broader sense, where so many movements are birthed, where culture is spoken into existence. And just by that fact, the subway was an absolutely fascinating space to me. I decided to just spend a lot of time on it and to just ride it without any actual goal in mind and to just observe it as a documentarian and as a storyteller. And as soon as I started doing that, something really beautiful happened, which is that I became very still and my mind and my heart became very open. And when that happened, it 
struck me like lightning how many people were, of course, reading printed books on the subway. And I thought these people who can dive into other people's stories in the middle of rush hour, they probably have something interesting to say about life. And at that time, that was really heavy on my mind. This is in 2013. We did not have a lot of platforms available to diverse voices where they could tell stories on their own terms. And that was something that was very important to me and always has been important to me as a storyteller myself to co-create with people who are often silenced. And then from there, it was really a matter of me getting over my own self and not being afraid to approach someone in transit. Uh, literally and figuratively speaking, because the subway has so many surprises for us. And some of them are very, very daunting and also annoying AF. But if someone comes up to you and says, hey, I see you, who are you? Where are you going? What's your story? Most people are kind of stoked to be picked out in the crowd and to be given a chance where someone's listening to them. What I love so much about Subway Book Review is that it is actively rewiring this stereotype or this flack that New Yorkers get that we're closed off or we're, we're mean, we're rude, we'll push you down. In fact, like you said, people are just looking to be seen. I think that's a stupid old leftover from the Giuliani era. I really can tell you that that stereotype is not true. We're tough and we will let you know how we feel, but we're the most loving people that you can encounter. And I say that as someone who has spoken to well over a thousand people who has ridden every train line front to back, and I get a lot of rejection. People tell me to fuck off. New York is a wild place because we're all here chasing dreams and trying to find ourselves. And sometimes on certain days that goes better than others. I can absolutely affirm New Yorkers are absolutely loving and we take care of each other a thousand percent. Have you found that writers on particular train lines are more apt to be reading a certain genre or author or bestseller, or is it just a, a patchwork of books on these lines? But I think how people read is a very interesting thing to explore. And after seven years of studying that, I can tell you that readers will tell you what's coming in culture in a very interesting way. And by that, I mean the collective mindset, because right now, what people really want to find out through books, and Minjin Lee said this beautifully at a panel, she said that if you have any question you will find the answer in a book. It's just up to you to find the right book that will give you the answer. And I think that people want to find how do you create autonomy while being governed by politicians? How do you create agency over your own life that is allowing you to build a new system outside of capitalism? How do we reconnect with nature? Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer is having a gigantic resurgence People want to reconnect with the natural world right now, and people want to really expand their vision of reality and mindset. People really want to dive into a universal perspective. I'm really seeing that on the subway. You know, Octavia E. Butler is hugely read in 2020. One of the readers, Marianna E.S. Hagler, called Octavia E. Butler the Black Nostradamus. She said, if you want to know what's coming, ask any black woman and she will tell you. That is really what we're getting when we connect with each other over books, because books give us 
introspection, but they also give us foresight. Absolutely. The literary landscape of New York's underground is a foreshadowing of what's to come above ground in the city as a whole. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Yes, I co-sign that 100%. Heard it here first, folks. Let's co-author this book. (laughs) (laughs) So the setting of the subway makes sense. It's always forward motion. But what do you think the coffee shop book review would look like or even the Central Park bench book review? I think it would take place very similarly. Someone said to me, what about the the barge book review? I was like, sure, maybe, why not? Like, let's go. But the truth of the matter is the question is the same. The question is, what are you reading? Who are you? And who do you want to become? And that question can be asked any place, anytime, anywhere. And I encourage people to, when you see someone reading a book, to just approach that person if you're a reader and to start the conversation no matter where you are. Because to me, reading doesn't encompass you sitting down in your living room, opening the first page, then making it to the last page, then closing the book and then putting it on your shelf. That does not conclude your reading journey. Your reading journey begins when you start to exchange with someone about which story has just embedded itself in your heart. That is what we want as writers is for you to bring these stories to life in these realities that are your own. Like you've said, you've spoken to more than a thousand subway riders. How did you go about narrowing down the stories for Between the Lines? The editing process was really interesting because I wanted to continue to co-create with the people who had entrusted me with their stories. There are 170 people in the book and they have seen their interview before it went to print. They have seen their photo, which I usually choose which photo goes with the interview with people while I'm with them on the platform or on the train to really give them agency over their image and their likeness and their voice. And many people argue that that makes me not a journalist. However, I would say, well, maybe we need to reinvent what that looks like and how we let people have power over their life and give them the wheel at the right time. You know, I absolutely document the New York City that I see every person who captures life does it through their own lens. And to me, These are 170 people whose encounters have changed me as a person. They have changed how I see the world. They have shifted what my place in the world is. They have given me ideas for how I want to create the future. And I think each story we can find ourselves in makes us realize that we're actually not other but that we are in this together and that we have such big problems to solve that go beyond how we connect as humans. Maybe we're not the same. That's not even the point that we're the same because we're each a different little fingerprint in this universe. Right. But it's so majorly important to say, I see you. I want to get down with you. I want to vibe with you. And then let's see what we can co-create together. You have a bibliophile's radar when it comes to spotting people on the train. And one of them that caught my eye is Tanahasi Coates, author of Between the World and Me. Tell me about running into him on the sixth train. That was such a fabulous day. I can't even begin to tell you because I had just completed a podcast where someone followed me on the subway and we had just spoken about Mr. Coates. 
And as I was parting ways with this podcaster who had been following me for hours, I jumped on the sixth train and I kid you not, the doors opened and there was Tanahasi Coates reading a book. Oh my and I walked right up to him and I said, there you are. Like he was a long lost friend and he looked at me <laughs> and probably thought I was insane. And I said, I do Subway book review. I just spoke about you at length at this podcast. She's going to be so sad because she literally just left me. Are you willing to let me ask you a few questions about what you're reading? May I take your photo? And he said, well, you have one stop, so go for it. And I made use of that time. I am telling you, I got it done. I got a selfie in. I'm so thrilled that he gave me permission to appear in between the lines. And the crazier thing is that I was so hyped after I got that interview and that photo. And by the way, he was reading Ill Fair is the Land by Tony Judd. But I continued riding the subway after I spoke to him. And I ran into a reader at Bryan Park Station, which is, of course, right underneath the public library. And the reader I spoke with works for the public library and actually told me what the most read book of that year was. And guess which book it was? Tell me. Between the Worlds and Me by ta Oh, Coates. there it is. Yes, there, it, there is. it is. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, that is exactly what I, that kind of feeling of surprise and delight, but also purpose and intention. That is what I wanted to capture in Between the Lines. You know, there was one woman who I saw in Brooklyn and she was reading M Train by Patti Smith and she was grieving her mother who had passed. And M Train is, of course, all about that grieving process. So I spoke with her about how she's finding moments of delight at that time. And she said she's a photographer and she had spotted chicken coops all over Brooklyn and wanted to find out what those were about and wanted to go photograph them. Mm -hmm. And she, of course, gave me the idea to also find out what those chicken coops were about. And it took me a couple of months, but eventually I found Greg Anderson. And Gregory Anderson used to work for the Parks Department and started to build chicken coops in response to 9-11 because he wanted to give his children a small being to care for during a time of great loss. And eventually I sat down with Gregory Anderson and we spoke about the artist Fakaye and the art book that captures Fakaye's beautiful work. And Gregory Anderson told me all about community care and what it means to be seen and to have African art seen in the community. You know, these kind of encounters, they're so beautiful. They just really illuminate for me what a small village New York City really is. Right, right. Absolutely. What would someone catch you reading on the subway? And has anyone ever recognized you as, hey, your subway book review? <laughs> yeah, it has happened. And that's actually how one of the stories in the book came about, again, in a beautiful moment of connection. And I do want to tell you, I was riding the subway and someone taps me on the shoulder and he says, she said, excuse me, are you Uli? Are you Subway Book Review? And I said, yes, indeed I am. And she said, I actually have a book with me that I would really love to tell you about. Do you have the time? And I said, of course I have the time. And we stood at that station. Her name is Rebecca. And Rebecca told me that she is part of a program where you can become a pen pal with an incarcerated person and you write about books that you read together. And I thought it was so freaking fabulous because... 
weeks prior to that, I had spoken to a young photographer named Jeffrey Z. And Jeffrey Z told me about the time that he was booked with an ounce of weed on him. And because he had repeatedly been caught with weed on him, he went to prison. And he told me about his experience of spending 28 days in solitary confinement. And the fact that I found Rebecca later after Jeffrey Z had told me that the only thing that matters when you're incarcerated are your dreams and the letters that you get from people and the books that you get to read, because those are your only chance of escape and connection. And then to come across Rebecca or really Rebecca coming across me, you can't make that up. And it, that is, you know, it's just life affirming. Right. You did ask me what I'm reading, and I am reading How to Be an Anti-Capitalist in the 21st Century, which I highly recommend. It's I, I'm slowly making my way through it. I'm also finishing Kai Miller's book, Things We Have Withheld, which is a book about our secrets and what holding secrets does to us as people. And it is such an incredible book, and I highly recommend it. You have gone international with Subway Book Review before between Mexico City and Prague. What are some of the things that bind us together, no matter where we are in these cities in the world? We want to be seen, we want to be heard, and we want to be loved. And that's it. We express those needs very differently, but it's the same need. And we share that as humans. We want to make use of our time on this earth. And we have to confront our shadow, which is the uncomfortableness of our existence, to make any critical kind of change in our own life and therefore then also in other people's life. And whether you do that through a book club or you do that through a witch moon circle or you do that through a group that watches birds together, I don't care how you get there, my loves, but I hope that you attempt the journey. I just have to say, Eve, we're airing this episode at the beginning of 2022. And those words really hit home for me during this time of introspection and resolutions. We want to make use of our time on this earth. Did you feel that? I feel that all the time, <laughs> that sentiment. It's what motivates me. It is what fills me with self-loathing when I'm playing solitaire on my iPad. Oh. I feel a great sense of urgency about making good use of my time on this planet. As long as you're winning the game, you're making good use of your time. <laughs> good point. Thank you. <laughs> but one more thing to mention before we do start wrapping it up. In celebration of the release of Between the Lines, Uli produced a beautifully shot short film, which you can now watch on Instagram. Uh, the Instagram account is at Subway Book Review. And in that film, Uli reads a line from her book that I, I absolutely love. When we talk about New York, we have to talk about the world which gathers here to find itself. This certainly resonates with me as someone who came to New York just over a decade ago to find himself and is still finding himself. And I believe it also captures the work Uli's accomplished with Subway Book Review, talking to the world that gathers here. That line fills me with so much joy. I love our city. I love our city too. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's it for this episode of Book Dreams Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And if you like the podcast and think someone else would too, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. As always, you can reach us at contact at bookdreamspodcast.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Uli on Instagram at Subway Book Review and at the UBC. You can also visit her website and sign up for her newsletter at subwaybookreview.co. 
Many thanks to our theme music composer, Maya Polsky. You can find Eve at evejohelm.com, Julie at juliesternberg.com, and me at heyjohnfranco.com. And check out the podcast website, bookdreamspodcast.com. Until next time, happy book dreaming. Happy book dreaming. Love, come listen to Book Dreams with Julie and me.